0: Welcome back for episode four of the Todd V Show. A uh, couple quick notes at being episode four. First is that there are three previous episodes you may want to listen to if you haven't. Uh, so you can find those at ToddVD.com or you can find them on a lot of the major podcast hosting sites. Uh, Apple, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google, uh, Stitcher. Uh, so anyway, you can, you can find us those places. and Be sure and subscribe on whatever your favorite site is. Um, other thing is that a lot of times the questions we take for these, these shows, we actually do get from you, the listeners, uh, so you can submit your questions to questions at Todd Um, and final little note before I get started and this, this goes along with the questions thing is if you guys have suggestions, uh, for things you'd like to see me do on the podcast, or if there are podcasts you'd like me to perhaps be a guest on or look into different things like that. Um, You can let me know that as as well. All that's at questions at com. That really is your way to communicate with me. So yeah, communicate with me, subscribe so you don't miss out. And with that said, let's crack into this podcast. So here's the question I want to explore on today's show. Here it goes. Your last podcast talks of value and how it's important to bring value to a relationship to get the girl to want it. In the case of a casual relationship, i.e. basically one where you both just want to have sex and not get serious, What is value? Clearly here, you are not spending your time and resources on the girl. Then why does the girl sleep with you? Why is it a win for the girl? Please explain the value comfort dynamics here. In general, is a girl attracted to a guy because of his behaviors or the value he could potentially offer? Okay, so this is all very interesting. um, And there are a lot of assumptions in here, right? Um, some of which have to do with male versus female psychology and some of which have to do with the 21st century versus the environment in which we evolved and it's important to keep in mind that a woman is not a man emotionally and a 21st century person while we live in the 21st century with all that entails in terms of technology and safety and infrastructure and those sorts of things our emotions did not evolve in that environment they evolved in a very different environment uh where a lot of those things were not even you know they weren't a thing there there wasn't even a forethought that things like you know telephones or you know um you know cars and things like that would exist um and and so it was it was a much more potentially dangerous time and a time where the social structures and the the survival mechanisms were very very different so that that definitely plays into everything that's going on um so let's look at this piece by piece. But first thing I want to start with is um this middle this middle piece in the case of a casual relationship where you're both wanting to have sex what is value All right so the assumption here in the question is that that there has to be some kind of tangible thing that represents value value is A financial exchange or value is a gift given or something along those lines um or value is um you know an offspring that you that you share in some way um and so first of all understand that the world has changed tremendously in terms of the fact that uh there's very good birth control now right in the 21st century um You know condoms are pretty reliable Uh, birth control pills are pretty reliable and then there's even like the morning after pill and things like that if if that were were not a thing so people having casual sex nowadays it actually can be pretty damn casual like the the odds of it leading to offspring if you're being careful and being smart about it are pretty low that was not the case in the evolutionary environment and even more so, not the case in the evolutionary environment, like the, the really, really evolutionary environment before people necessarily understood, um, you know, even cycles of the month or even understood maybe, I mean, I think it was understood at a pretty early time in human history that, that sex leads to kids. Um, but the point is um, on, a, on an animal level, which is where um you know a lot of revolution in our emotions came from it wasn't understood i don't think um you know when when a dog has sex with another dog it's thinking i want to have a child it's just acting on the fact that it is horny and a lot of our emotions and a lot of our sexual instincts are as primal as that they're actually even more primal than a um than a you know desire to have kids kind of thing so the person asking this question is assuming that in having sex, two people are agreeing to some sort of exchange of some other thing, i.e. money, i.e. gifts, i.e. having a kid together, something like that. Um, But understand that that's not the way that, that sex kind of evolved, right? So as humans we've been evolving for you know as as modern day humans for maybe a couple hundred years as as human beings for maybe you know thousands or tens of thousands of years or something like that as human like species for maybe millions of years and then as animals for incredibly long time tens of millions or longer right so um a lot of our evolution is definitely pre human and a lot of our the reasons why we have sex and those kind of things actually do go back to uh, emotions that are even pre human so what um, is going on in terms of sexual desire, right, is, is not rooted in a logical construct of 21st century value. It's rooted in perhaps what would have been valuable in a tribal setting for early humans and perhaps what would have been value in a setting of, of kind of lower animals, quote unquote. Um, so casual sex, right, casual sex Back in the days of the animal kingdom, there wasn't such a thing as casual sex. Um, there was sex that could lead to kids. Now, casual sex is is a construct of the um, of you know the 21st century and birth control and all those things, as I mentioned. Um, but your body and your instincts are not viewing it that way. Your body and your instincts are still viewing having casual sex with someone through the same lens that they would have once viewed potentially. Having offspring with that person, and so what you have to look for for value is what is offspring in that context, um, and it could be different things. Yes, there is material exchange, um, but more so than that, it is good genetics. It's having a a good child that will will survive and thrive, um, and in fact, throughout not just the human kingdom but the animal kingdom, there is not necessarily an attachment of the um the genetics to the raising of the child right you look at a lot of um sort of again lower lower animals you would call them um for example like fish right um fish the 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 male fish in you know Get put inseminates the eggs, and then the eggs hatch. And the male fish, as far as I know, in most fish species, has nothing to do whatsoever with raising or providing for those eggs. All he's providing is the seed. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm not like a fish scientist. Um, but whether whether fish is the appropriate example of that, there are animals for which that is the case, and there are many many animals for which that is the case. Um, so in that case, the the contribution has nothing to do with um, finances, nothing to do with support. It has to do purely with genetics. Even in early humans where supporting and raising a kid is very, very important, there is no requirement that the same man with whom a woman gets pregnant is the same man who raises that child. Now, there is certainly a, um, a correlation because there, there is you know um, a, a lot of sort of cultural partnerships to, to raise children together and the the advent of, of marriages and things like that, or at the very least, the advent of like being in the same tribe as someone over a period of time. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. And in fact, there's a lot of even um, biological inf- biological things inside a woman that actually help her um, if she so desires, to get pregnant with one man and and hide who she's pregnant with or not, not be as obvious who she's pregnant with um, and then have another man raise the child. Um, there have been, I, I don't quote me on this, I, I read it somewhere and I'm, I'm re-spitting re out someone else's statistic, um, but I read somewhere in a source that at the time I believed um, that um, up to 15% of um, people, even into the modern day, um, have a misconception about who their father is right so a decent amount of that still goes on to this present day and you can only imagine um you know in a, in an environment where things weren't so clear and there there weren't as many precautions and uh, different things like that so um the fact is that the sex itself and the gen genetic exchange itself is the primary value that a woman is getting from sex on a lot of levels so if you're trying to think like what is the potential financial exchange of this arrangement that may not factor in to the decision or um will this person stick around and raise the kids that will factor in a little bit maybe but that's not maybe the primary thing that the girl is looking for um so i really do want to want to stress that and uh, that solves a lot of questions that that guys ask right why do women Um, stay with men who are not necessarily healthy relationships for them. Why do men, why do men have sex or women have sex with men that are, you know, just coming through town briefly and then leaving afterwards? Why would, why would a woman want to expose herself to that? Um, Different things like that. Um, We were jokingly when we were preparing for this, we talked about why would, uh, why would a woman sleep with a drug dealer, right? Um, I think that's actually like a decent, a decent question, a decent model, right? If you look at, look at what does the drug dealer provide and what does he not provide. Um, so the drug dealer does, certainly does not provide safety, kind of, right? He might, actually. In, in a sense, he provides safety. In a sense, he doesn't. So um, in the modern day, having sex with a drug dealer, having kids with a drug dealer for a woman certainly doesn't provide security in the sense that at any time, in theory, that drug dealer could be arrested or shot by another drug dealer or something like that. However... In terms of the the emotions the girl is experiencing being with a drug dealer, he seems like, in his day-to-day life, a powerful person, right? He potentially bosses people around, he potentially, like, people are intimidated by him, feel threatened by him, the types of things that in a tribal scenario would actually mean that he was very safe, very secure, a very good protector, etc., so while in the 21st century, there's this whole legal system and the fact that what a drug dealer is doing is illegal and the fact that he could be arrested for it and the fact that there are other competing drug dealers who might you know, shoot him and there's these things called guns that, that make that very efficient, right? In you know, the, the evolutionary environment, that stuff didn't exist. And in the evolutionary environment, for a woman, if she's with a guy who bosses other, other men around, who other men responds, who other men are intimidated by, who seems physically strong... Right, that is actually incredibly safe and incredibly secure for her. So again, that's a case of um, in seeking safety, right? In seeking that emotional safety or the, the hallmarks or the, the the indicators of safety that her genetics have been taught to look for, she's actually making a decision that is the opposite. It's actually unsafe, and so that is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, the drug dealer also would have other things going for him um, potentially um, that he um is doing risky things and hasn't been punished for it right um and this has to do with um kind of a it's it's kind of a an offshoot of a theory um that that's been used in 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 the dating community a lot called peacocking right the idea here is that um uh, well I'll, I'll explain peacocking and I'll explain how it relates to the drug dealer so the idea of peacocking is if you take the male peacock um which is the only peacocks the females the peahen but I digress uh, if you take the male peacock um he has brightly colored feathers right? And that doesn't help him survive. If anything, having brightly colored feathers makes him more apt to be seen by a predator and more apt to be killed and eaten. So why would he develop these things and why would the peahen find them attractive? Well, there are two reasons. Um, the first reason is a physical one, which is that in order to develop those those colors, the, the male the male peacock has to have certain nutrients in his diet, otherwise he can't. So he's actually indicating that he is healthy. So that's one thing. But the second thing is the very fact that he is presenting this brightly colored canvas, and yet um, the predators haven't killed him yet, indicates even a greater amount of survivability and a greater amount of health and vivacity and and, um, maybe even like intelligence and cunning to an extent, to the extent that you can have that as as a peacock, um, than a, a male who has not been able to do that and survive. So the funny thing about risk-taking is that in taking a risk, as long as you haven't been punished for it, it actually kind of makes you more attractive, right? And um, a similar idea to this would be um, wearing, like uh, riding a motorcycle without a helmet, right? If you were to present to a woman a picture of a man riding a motorcycle without a helmet, she's actually likely on an emotional level to find that guy attractive, right? Even though logically, if you were to ask her, is that a smart thing to do? Should he be wearing a helmet? She'd probably be like, no, yeah, that's not very smart. He should be wearing a helmet. Right? So that's very interesting. And it's even quite possible that um, you could present a photo of a man not wearing a helmet, riding a motorcycle to a woman. And she'd find that attractive. But then if she had kids with that man, then she might, once he, once she actually has kids and they're raising kids together, might require him to wear a helmet. Right? So the very same thing that she found attractive in a different context where she's no longer looking primarily at value, but she's looking at safety, sustainability, et cetera, et cetera. She might want him to actually change the behavior away from a behavior that she found valuable in the first place. So It's kind of an interesting, um, interesting continuum and shows kind of the, the flexibility of, of the humo- female emotions, which it sounds illogical, but it actually makes perfect sense when you think about it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, when you look at the drug dealer again, this is someone undertaking dangerous things. He's you know carrying a gun, being around other people that carry a gun, being sneaky, violating the law, those kind of things. And as long as he hasn't been caught, as long as he hasn't been arrested or killed or whatever, um, the fact that he's gotten away with that indicates to the woman on a biological instinctive level, sort of a um, a, like a even superior genetics, even that he's he's more more survivable ready or more survivable appropriate than um than some other guy however once he's potentially caught and um his risk has failed then the girl might potentially find that quite unattractive by comparison um so again there's all these kind of indicators that made sense 10000 years ago or a million years ago in the animal kingdom in various ways, etc., that no longer make logical sense in the 21st century, but our emotions still gravitate towards them. And in fact, sometimes our emotions trick us into doing the exact opposite of what would make sense in the 21st century, right? So in the 21st century, if you're looking for someone safe to be with as a woman, if you had the choice between like a drug dealer or an accountant, accountant would seem a lot safer in the 21st century. But a woman's biology sees this accountant who potentially, let's assume that he's not very alpha and he maybe gets pushed around or you know doesn't stand up to people very much. He, she sees him as, as very weak and frail and not a good protector. And then she sees the drug dealer as a good protector. Um, and her biology, her evolution is saying the drug dealer is the safer guy to be with, right? Because in, a, in a, an environment where all laws are taken away and you had to just like survive, you know, kind of in the wild, the drug dealer probably would be the better choice in that environment, even though in the 21st century, we don't live in that environment anymore. But I do want to talk about this idea of lover versus provider, because a lot of times in this whole community of guys learning game, there tends to be this sort of almost like disparagement or this sort of like looking down on guys who will be a provider, all right. And I think that be, that comes from the fact that a lot of us got into this being too much providers, right? We got into us taking kind of some of the opinions or some of the the presuppositions and assumptions that the asker of this question is 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 asking, which is, isn't what we provide to women value? isn't what we provide to women financial resources and raising the kids and those kind of things? Um, and that's the case kind of only in part. And so when it it dawns on people, that you know you can sleep with a girl by promising her resources and by by being a good a good provider to an extent or you can potentially sleep with girls by being you know, what would have portrayed an alpha male in the evolutionary environment without having to necessarily promise all those things. Um, And then it also becomes, uh, you know, apparent to guys that, that women oftentimes cheat on the provider male with the, you know, the, the quote unquote lover male. Um, It definitely seems like being the lover is, is beating the system and that, that being the, um, being the provider is, is, is being a chode or or getting conned or something like that. Right. And, that is a very common perception, I think, within you know again the, the pickup community or the, the community of guys learning game. Um, what I, I do want to point out is that um, they're they're not mutually exclusive. Number one, right? So just it's it's completely possible to be a high value guy and also decide to be a provider, right? The big thing that that we try and get people to get away from in game is the idea of being a, a provider solely as a way of having sex as in if you couldn't attract the girl other than by financial means or you couldn't attract the girl other than by promises of support that's when you're potentially in trouble because that's when you're in a situation where you're liable to be used by women that's when you're in a situation where you're liable to be cheated on that's when you're in a situation where you're liable to have the girl divorce you and take half your money those types of things however if you are a man who's already of high value and already attractive to a woman already, you know, up there among the best that she can do in terms of the evolutionary survival reproduction value type stuff. Well, at that point, if you decide to also be a provider, so much the better, then you've actually enhanced and increased your value with the woman even further. Um, So in order to clarify this, let let me just um, explain a, a related topic, which is that the woman is looking for two things if she's looking to get pregnant or the woman's technically the woman's genetics are looking for two things when she's looking at getting pregnant, right? One is having a healthy offspring. The second is having the offspring have the resources it needs. But it's not necessary that those two things come from the same source. So if she gets the resources from source A, say one guy and gets the, the genetics from a source B, another guy, that's completely fine. <clears throat> However, getting the resources from one source is still preferable. Um, so there is this, this definite advantage, right? There is this definite advantage when the, the two come from the same source. And so a woman is put in this interesting de- decision criteria, right? Decision matrix where um, if the guy who she can get to stick around is also an incredibly high value guy, that's like winning the lottery for her. But if she can't get that, if she can get a guy who will stick around and the guy who will give, you know, really good genetics, who's a different guy, that's still a pretty good life win for her and is a pre- still a pretty sustainable solution. But it's not the absolute preferred one. So the key here is, um, are you becoming, are you being a provider because you choose to be and want to be and the girl liked you and saw value in you and, and saw the, the reproductive value in you first? Or are you trying to win the girl over by being a provider? And a lot of the really interesting, like, kind of heavily debated questions in game come from this dichotomy. So one is there is this principle in game for a long time that, like, you shouldn't buy a drink for a girl. You should never buy a drink for a girl. That's absolutely ridiculous. I've had so much added success from buying drinks for girls at various times at the right times during during pickup interactions. But this idea of you shouldn't buy a drink for a girl is that specifically you shouldn't lead with let me buy you a drink, Or you shouldn't buy a drink for a girl who's demanding you buy her a drink as a reason for talking to her because that's her framing the interaction as an exchange of um, your financial assets or provider assets for her time, energy, emotions. So you're setting yourself up in that provider frame um, and it's hard to go backwards. It's hard to go from, oh, I'm using him for his money to, oh, I'm uniquely attracted to him. It's a lot easier to go from... Uh, I'm attracted to him. Oh, wait, he's actually also good at supporting me? Wow, I just won the lottery. Um, And so the way that that, the direction that that is, um, that that understanding comes about in a woman's mind is very, very important because women do strongly categorize guys into one or the other, okay? So, Am I saying that you should never be a supporter for um, a woman or a child? No, I'm not saying that. I think that's an amazing thing to do. I think it's, it's, a, it's a great investment in your own genetic future, number one. But also, um, it's a beautiful experience. It's, it's probably morally right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, I do want to really make that, that distinction, that being a provider or providing for a woman is not necessarily beta. There are a lot of guys who lead with being a provider and because they don't see any other solution and they, use it as, they try and use it as a substitute for those other forms of value and that is very problematic. But providing by itself is not a bad thing. Also, I want to make the point um, that um, I'm not suggesting that you go ride a motorcycle without a helmet or go be a drug dealer or anything like that. Um, that, that strikes me, um, first of all, as, as stupid in both cases um, and a, a way bigger risk um, for some little tweaking or some little hitting a glitch in the in the woman's kind of attraction matrix, that is necessary. And those same things could be achieved um, in much safer and much better ways. Um, and that's actually in a lot of ways what game is. Game is um, triggering those attraction switches without having to do dumb things like risk your life or um, upend your life for it. Um, so, for example, instead of you know conveying that you are a safe choice for a girl or a good protector by being a drug dealer. You could just, when you're with the girl, be an assertive person and be good at getting what you want in life, right? Um, And just just have good social relationships, have the girl see people responding well to you and and giving you things that, that you deserve, et cetera. That conveys the same thing, and that's actually a positive for your life that won't get the law running after you. Right. And so when we talk about conveying social proof, when we talk about increasing increasing your social status, when we talk about um what the frame is in your interactions, all of these things are gonna be subtle cues of that same kind of value um that um that, that drug dealer would have. Right. And in terms of riding a motorcycle without a helmet, that's just, you know, that's just an extreme dumb risk. You can get the same kind of stuff, the same kind of emotions in a girl. By just being the guy who's willing to do like a backflip, off, backflip off like the high dive, right? Which is a much safer thing to do. Um, it's fun. It shows you're you're willing to take a little risk. It, it still has that thing. It still shows you're you're alive and and interesting and not not like you know caring about every little bit of safety. But it's within a realm that's not going to get you killed. So um, there are a lot of better ways to achieve all these different things that, that you could achieve in a very dangerous way or a very um, stupid way. There are a lot of very smart ways to achieve it. So um, you do not have to be 21st century dumb or 21st century, like, high risk in order to be, you know, 10th century BC attractive. Um, and that really is, um, in a sense, what a lot of game is, is, is is doing both at the same time, right? Surviving both in the 21st century and in the woman's emotional reality. So what is the solution? How do you convey these qualities that will be very very attractive to a woman without upending your life, without um, having to, you know, do a bunch of other crazy stuff that may be stupid, may be illegal, may not be, you know, the right thing to do for your own, you know, personal survival and and, and benefit in the 21st century. Um, well, in order to to know this, it's it's important to realize what are the specific triggers that a woman is looking for what are the specific things that convey value and there there are a few there are a few Um, one of the biggest ones is how people respond to you right because in you know early evolution time period uh, we lived in small tribes and having the support of the tribe having people um, respond well to you socially was a huge component of value right so this idea of social proof or good social connections is actually really huge um, and this is why, you know, women respond strongly to guys who are popular, um, guys who are famous even more so, guys who have good social media um, as a kind of a way of, of tricking that into existence. Um, so having people respond well to you in in general and in specific instances is going to be very, very helpful. So one, having lots of friends and being social is useful. Now, myself as a natural introvert, I don't particularly like, you know, networking a lot and you know hobnobbing with people i don't really actually enjoy and and having a bunch of superficial friendships just for the look of it um but that's not even necessary if a woman just sees that you have good friendships here and there and the the people you are friends with they treat you with respect. They treat you as though you have a position of of some authority. Um, you seem to, to get your way and things seem to, to go very well in those social interactions. That is in and of itself a form of social proof as well. Also, even with strangers, right? When you go to a restaurant, do you handle the, the process of... Um, of getting your food and ordering and getting what you want and whatnot in a way that makes you seem like you're in control. Um, it's smooth, it's seamless. Um, there's, there's no friction or, um, does it seem like you're, you're confused and flustered and like, you know, the waiter's like pushing you around or different things like that. Right. And, and I, that, that sounds crazy that last part, but there are people, there are men who actually, you know, are unassertive enough that that is the case. Um, so how do you handle your day to day social interactions, and then how do you handle, you know, the, the the broader social interactions, right? And of course, there are things you can do, like if you have, if you've achieved social recognition and the girl happens to accidentally find out about that, that's a huge bonus. If the girl happens to accidentally, when accidents can be made to happen um, by you creating them, but if, if the girl happens to accidentally, um, you know, see people treating you well, um, see people giving you things, see people deferring to you, all of those things, are useful in terms of social proof and again a lot of game is designed around um, either conveying this explicitly or obliquely in one way or another right um assertiveness um, and willingness to to stand up and take risks um, both in general in life and socially is another big one because every single time that you take a risk you're indicating that you've probably taken the same risky behavior your entire life, right? You've probably, you know, like instead of, if you have a confrontation, instead of just backing down and taking it when you stand up to someone, you're indicating you've lived a life where you've probably done that. And in doing that, you probably, well, you clearly haven't been killed and you probably haven't received negative, you know, interactions over and over again, because if so, that habit or that behavior probably would have been beaten out of you by the negative feedback. And so the fact that you are assertive, you are willing to stand up for yourself, um, you're willing to not seek conflict, but you're not running away from conflict either, that is um, something that indicates, again, a lot of this um, implied past social history. It indicates a lot of things about um, who you might be. Um, And in particular, I want to quickly make the point that when you've just met a woman, when you've known her for 10 seconds, 30 seconds, five minutes, even in a few hours, um, the girl doesn't know everything about you. She has a a, a little snapshot of what your personality is. And so a few instances of this can go a long way. So for example, say you're on a date with a girl and some kind of unusual situation comes up or some sort of semi-awkward situation comes up and you handle it very smoothly, very authoritatively, and very well, that is going to say a lot for a girl just immediately as an example right or when you do talk to a girl the fact that you're willing to be assertive take some risks say some ballsy things indicates that you've been that ballsy risk-taking person in the past and it's worked out for you right so these little indicators mean a lot early on and then over time obviously you need to live up to them to an extent but it's not like it has to be um It's not like it has to be your everyday thing. Um, Another point I want to make is that women don't care that you're flexing your muscles all the time. They care that you have the muscle. And this isn't like talking about your physique and your body, although women do like a fit guy in general. What I'm talking about is... Um, if you have to get into conflicts all the time, that's actually probably a net negative, And that actually shows that your life's a little bit out of control. But the fact that you're not going to shy away from con- conflict and the fact that occasionally when one comes up, you can handle it well is actually the truly alpha thing, right? So for example, the chief of a tribe is not getting into fights with people all the time because he doesn't have to. People choose not to fight with him for obvious reasons. The person who has to get in fights all the time is actually kind of a medium value guy. He's not so low low value that he's always backing down, but he's not so high value that people don't choose to get into fights with him. Um, So again, you don't have to be constantly flexing these muscles. You just have to have indicated that you have them and you actually can be nice there's this whole idea that like nice guys finish last um and that is true for the guys for whom being nice is the only survival strategy if they're being nice in order to avoid conflict if they're being nice because they don't think that they can um you know they can get by socially without conflict any other way that's very very unattractive but if a guy clearly has shown that he's able to survive and assert himself and do those things, but he chooses to be nice, that's actually the most alpha thing to do in a lot of ways. Um so again, you don't have to be constantly um constantly putting this stuff on display as long as the girl has that general indicator and that general subtle implied sense. That's actually really better than the overt sense in a lot of ways. So this brings up an idea of something called the uncanny valley or sometimes the valley of the uncanny. And this is the idea that when something approaches your perfect version, and the closer it gets to perfect, usually the more you like it, the more you respond well to it. However, if you get very close, but you're off in the wrong way, instead of really feeling a lot of affection or a lot of a lot of positive emotions towards something, you can actually feel an intense revulsion for it. And this occurs specifically with with respect to when when we're talking about how human something is, or how how close something is to the humanity you want. Um, and so, um, I'm gonna digress for a second and then I'm gonna bring it back around, but hopefully this will be an interesting anecdote in its own right. And then it'll make sense in a second when I get to the end of it. Um, so let me, first of all, if you were to take something like a cabinet or a cardboard box, um, would you feel a lot of affection for that thing? The answer for most people is no. Um, and a big part of that is because it's very much an inanimate inhuman object. But if you were to take something a lot more human-seeming, like, say, a pet, like your, your cat or your dog or something like that, it's a lot easier to feel affection for that because that's much, much more human. Um, and then if you were going all the way to an actual human being, that's usually the, the type of, of entity in this world that we feel the most affection for are other human beings. So there's continuum that the less human something is, the less affection you feel for it. The more human something is, the more affection you feel for it. And it, it, the, the closer you get... Um, the, the more affection however if you get very very close but not quite there you can actually feel an intense revulsion so if you look at things like a zombie or a corpse people oftentimes feel an intense intense revulsion because that's almost human but there's something off about it or even people that look very sickly right someone who's, who's very sick sometimes can be or someone who's like they're, 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 they're physically maimed sometimes it can create like a revulsion or, or intensely negative experience um, in looking at it because there's something that, that seems just a little bit off, but it's almost there. Um, and so even things like uh, a lot of people have phobias of like clowns and dolls, for example. And so that idea of the uncanny valley is the closer you get to this this perfect human entity or this perfect ideal of what you see as, as human and, and ideal and, and, and highly lovable, closer you get, the more love you feel, except right at that very moment where you're almost there, but not quite. The same kind of phenomenon occurs when someone fakes value. If someone fakes that they are a high value guy by hitting on particular triggers or having particular behaviors. But then as someone gets to know them, they start to get indicators that they're not actually that person they were representing. There's an intense revulsion. Um, And part of that is probably related to the similar mechanism that exists in this uncanny valley phenomenon. Um, And a big part of it from an evolutionary perspective is that being tricked is a huge thing that we want to avoid evolutionarily. So if a girl is saying, oh this guy seems to be conveying himself as high value, oh he looks like oh wait no he's actually not. A girl feels like she's like almost being genetically violated um by that because he was trying to essentially trick her into, you know, taking in inferior genes or something similar to that, right? And so there's this there's this very strong revulsion for if you fake it and don't quite get there. And this is actually why some people in learning game um they'll go through a period where Um, they're not getting very strong responses from girls. They're starting to get stronger responses from girls. Then they start to get really strong responses for girls, but along with that, some of their responses start to be highly negative. And that's because they're becoming so close to actually a high-value guy, but they're doing certain things wrong. And it can be a very frustrating period in the progression of learning game for a lot of guys when they get that suddenly, like, all of a sudden, sometimes girls are are giving them very negative emotions. Thankfully, usually the guy's also at the same time getting more positive emotions than he ever has, so he usually pushes through it. Um, But can be a very frustrating period in game and that's that's what kind of happens when you're you're almost there um and it's definitely what happens if you fake value you don't actually have so if you show a certain like indicators of value for the first 30 seconds or first hour or even first few days of an interaction but as a girl gets to know you she sees you're not actually that then she's going to up in many times become very very angry become very upset become very repulsed or revolt revolt repulsed repulsed um by by you and not um, not feel that affection she did. And so this is why, um, a lot of times when girls break up with guys, the, the reactions they give, the emotional reactions, seem way, way out of, out of sorts, like way over the top. It's because they're, they're reacting to, um, not just the end of the relationship, but the fact that that oftentimes they feel like cheated or violated by you not living up to or not being the guy you promised you would be. Um, so, the point I'm making on a, a more general level is that faking value only works to a point. And while taking on these behaviors is useful for getting you into relationships, giving you the experience of the relationships, those kind of things on a certain level, you do need to actually deliver within the relationship. And that's that's a whole other topic in game of how to be a high value person on that deeper level. But I do want to very much make that point that it can only be faked to a point. So in learning game, it's sort of a symbiotic growth between conveying value and growing your value. If you just grow your value and don't learn how to convey it, you get to be the high value guy who's sitting in a corner by himself with no women because they'd have no idea you're high value. If you learn to convey value, but not have it, you may actually get into relationships you may actually hook up with girls um, you may actually have certain amount of, of dates and, and whatnot but you're gonna have a really hard time sustaining a relationship and this is what a lot of guys end up with when learning game at least at, as a transitional point at the, at the minimum is that they get to a point where they can actually attract girls or get girls initially attracted, but they have trouble following it through all the way to sex or a relationship or a healthy long-term relationship, right? And so there is this growth of both. The nice thing, the beautiful thing though, is that they do work together because the more you learn game and the more you put yourself in positive situations with girls and you have girls around you in, in loving ways, in relationship building ways, it gives you an opportunity to create um, the learning experiences and that, that growth that's necessary to actually become a really high value guy and actually learn how to deliver within a relationship itself. So they do grow together but there is often this, this, this transitional period um, where, where it can be very difficult and if you go into game with the idea that your long term goal is just to fake it you're going to be perpetually in that uncanny valley scenario and that's not going to be a, a good solution to game it's probably not going to make you happy and it's certainly not going to lead to good or lasting relationships. Um, So I do want to very much make that point that um, there's only a certain amount of faking you can do. Uh, At some point, um, you will be um, motivated, forced, encouraged, which I think is a good thing to actually become a higher value person in the process. So thanks once again for tuning in. As I mentioned at the top, uh, if you want to be notified when these come out, be sure to subscribe. I'm on uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. So you can subscribe on any of those, or you can just check in regularly at toddvdating.com where we do post um, the new episodes as well. Also, if you want your questions answered, questions at todvdating.com is a great place to go. So this topic of value that we that we just discussed, it is a huge topic in game. It's something I've been getting a lot of questions about recently, um, and in particular, a lot of people are asking me, you know, during the current times when people are, you know, the world's a little crazy, people are, you know, sitting at home a lot. What can they do to actually improve their game? Um, well, working on value in general, not only conveyed value by learning game, which is incredibly useful, but also your value as a man in various ways, including, um, whatever, you know, social alliances you can create, whatever competence and skills and and resources you can muster. Um, and then how to convey all those different things. It's a huge, huge topic. It's something i will be talking about a lot more. Um, so definitely stay tuned over the next, uh, few weeks, uh, for a lot more in terms of value. So I hope you enjoyed that and I will see you guys next time.